are a sinner. And you are in one more battle. Let me see your hand. Nobody's looking around. Get them up. Yep. Put them down. I thought so. You can open your eyes and raise your head. That was for me. Because you see, I had planned on being over here in Luke chapter 4. But the Lord wants me in Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28. When I coached, I studied Vince Lombardi and Bear Bryant a whole lot. And Bear Bryant said the will to win is not enough. No one wants to lose. But the difference in winning and losing is for those who are willing to prepare to win. Many hands went up in this place a while ago that you're in a struggle, you're in a battle, you're in a fight, you're in just out, outright warfare. And nobody wants to lose. So if you're going to win and be successful, you're going to have to prepare to win. And then you're going to have to fight the fight of faith. I am amazed at how many people that know the word of God can quote it better than me. But for whatever reason, when the time comes to engage in battle, they drop the ball. They sit on the sideline and they have a pity party and woe is me and nobody else in the world is having problems, just me. I'm the only one. And that's the mentality the devil oftentimes gets us in. Then if you're not careful, you'll go from there to he'll create in you that feeling of futility and hopelessness and that there's no way this thing can be turned around. There's no way this thing can be defeated and overcome. And he'll want you to give up hope. You've heard me say this many times in this pulpit. I learned it firsthand. I gave up hope years ago. And it started a downward spiral in my life that the last two years I was the biggest drunk I ever was. Because I let the devil convince me that I had told the Lord no 
so many times that I had rejected that Holy Spirit knocking on my heart. I knew just enough of the word to know that no man comes to the Father lest the Spirit draws him. And I knew that I had resisted the Lord, resisted that Holy Spirit tugging at my heart. So many times, over and over again, the devil convinced me that I had committed the unpardonable sin. That I had been cut off suddenly and that without remedy. I'd hardened my heart. I'd stiffened my neck. I'd dug my heels in. I'd stiffened my jaw. And I would not relent. I would not yield. I would not give in. And then I found myself in that state of mind of hopelessness. If the devil can ever get you to feel that your situation is hopeless, you cannot have faith. Because Hebrews says faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. Faith is substance. Faith is something. Faith is not wishing. Faith is an anticipation. Faith is an expectancy. Faith is a, a, a believing that it's going to transpire. I may not know when, but it's coming. I got faith that the first week of April, which is right around the corner, there's going to be an electric bill in that mailbox. <laughs> you can just expect it. It's coming. Then there'll be a feed bill and a gas bill and who knows what all Glenda store up. But I mean, uh, it, uh, anyway. Better move along. <laughs> now, in the end of Matthew here in the 28th chapter, we're approaching the time of year where we're about to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Some call it Easter Sunday. And we, we base our beliefs in Christianity on the absoluteness of the virgin birth, the immaculate conception, the virgin birth, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But it don't end there. He's coming back. There will be a rapture or a catching away of the saints that will go up to meet the Lord in the air. And then he literally will come again a second time to this earth and set up his kingdom those are the principles that we found the foundation stones of Christianity. Now, in the previous chapters, we'll address this in a few weeks, but Jesus has been crucified, buried, resurrected, seen by women and disciples. And I want to pick up in chapter, uh, verse 16 of chapter 28. Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee into a mountain where Jesus had appointed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. And Jesus came and he spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. 
This is not a sermon to preach. This is an exhortation that the Lord has given me to challenge you with. Verse 18. All power, not limited power, not measurable power, not occasional power, not some power, all power in heaven and earth is mine. And I'm here to... Remind you saints tonight and to encourage you not to forget that Jesus has just resurrected and he's saying, I have shown you my abilities and my power over death, hell, and the grave. And I'm about to show you even greater things because all power is mine. And we need to be reminded of that, that look, there's nothing too hard or difficult for our Lord. He's not grown old, weak, feeble, and senile. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he's ever been able to do a miracle, he's able to do miracles today. The problem lies in our lack of expectancy. We limit God. You remember when Jesus went back to his hometown and he could do no great miracle there because of what? Because of whose unbelief? Because of their unbelief. His power wasn't limited. His desire wasn't squelched. But they put a fence around him, so to speak. They created an atmosphere of, we're not expecting anything. Amen. We don't believe you're going to do anything. I challenge you, in your home, in your job, in this church... To begin to have an expectancy of God. To align yourself with the word. Have a hearing ear to what the spirit of God would say to you. In your prayer time. In your meditation time. Take literally his word. This is not figuratively speaking. For all scripture is inspired by God. This is his voice in ink. And take it literally. And I want you to understand something. Oh man, I'm fixing to get in trouble. Anybody that'll tell you that that stuff went out with the early church, they just hadn't run into the same Lord that I have. I don't want to get into doctrinal debates, but I want you to know when Jesus said, I'm the same. Yesterday, today, and forever. Who are the Bible scholars on present day earth now that knows more than he does and say, oh, that stuff went out years ago. You calling Jesus a liar? That's what it sounds like to me. And I want us to begin to up our expectancy lever that cancer can be healed. I want us to begin to expect our expectancy level that heart conditions can be healed diabetes can be healed broken marriages can be restored finances can be recouped I want you to understand something Jesus said to us to cast all of our cares upon him because why he cares for us he cares about every detail, regardless of how small, regardless of how large, in your marriage, in your home, in your life, in your relationships. Won't you let him share them with you? Won't you let him be the difference maker? Begin to learn what his word says about your, your circumstance and your situation. Situation. About to spit my gum out on you right then. <laughs> 
I don't have AIDS. You could have caught it. It would have been all right. I'm too fat to have AIDS. <laughs> but I want you to understand something. I want to encourage, this is what the Lord has dropped in my heart tonight for you saints that are struggling and you're battling. Get your chin up. Get your focus right. Get your mind right. Get your prayers right. Get your words right. Speak to your mountain. Stand in the gap. God hadn't called us to be mountain climbers. He's called us to be mountain movers. To say unto the mountains. To take the authority and dominion given us in the name of Jesus. That's above every name. That's why I want to encourage you. I've shared this with you before. When you pray, don't just end your prayer with, we ask this in your name. Say the name. Say Jesus. Because when the devil hears the name Jesus, says the demons tremble. It's important for us to invoke the name of Jesus, but it's equally important for you to be in right relationship with him. So when you invoke it, you have the authority of it. Let me clarify that. In Acts, how many of you remember the story of the seven sons of Sceva? Oh, there was a priest. He had seven boys. They was stem winders. Kind of like Andy and Duke and Robert DeLude and some of these guys. John Davis. They'd seen Paul casting out demons. And they thought, I can do that. So they go down there. This old boy was demon possessed and they said, we assure you in this name of Jesus who Paul serves to come out. And the demon says, Paul I know and Jesus I know. <laughs> but who do you think you are? And it says that evil spirit came out of that man, jumped on him, knocked him naked. Read it, read it yourself. Stripped them naked and sent them out of the house, streaking, <laughs> bruised and beat up. My point here is this. If you're going to go around like these seven sons of Sceva, praying the, the holy type, you better be in right relationship with the Lord. Because without being submitted to Jesus, you're no match for the devil. But I want you to know the word of God says if we submit ourselves therefore unto the Lord, then we resist the devil. Then he flees. Then we have authority. Then we have dominion. Then we have the power that accompanies that name when I am in right relationship with him. And I'll tell you something else. I'm going to go a little bit further here. I'm on the soapbox tonight. When you are in that right relationship, when you have that hearing ear, and when you have that obedient heart, and when you're a doer of the word, when you're, when you're simply obeying what God says to do, you're walking in victory. But I want you to also know this. A lot of people don't believe this is possible, but I'm going to back it up scripturally. The word says it's the spirit that worketh in us, both to will and to do his good pleasure. You see, it's possible to be in a place with the Lord. It's possible to be in a, such a relationship with him that you don't even ask for things that don't align with what his will is. That's why when we ask anything according to his will, we have what we say. Let me go down here. That's why when we ask anything according to his will, we have what we say. Yes. 
Y'all will catch on one of these days. So the power, the power, the power. We've got to have it, folks. We've got to have it. And he desires to give it to us. The power to save, the power to heal, the power to deliver, the power to restore, to restore. We were singing that song a while ago, How Great Is Our God. I jotted that down because sometimes I don't remember everything. How true. How great is our God. His name's above every name. Every sickness, every infirmity, every disease. His name is above. And it's time we come out of the shadows. And we walk in the light of the word. We walk in the light of the Lamb. It's time that we walk in the light of the power of the Holy Spirit and we go forth letting the Lord work with us, confirming His Word with signs and wonders. Look, we don't have to jump on airplanes and jump in cars and drive all over the United States and Canada where a revival breaks out. I'm thankful for them. But listen, wherever we are, there's supposed to be revival. Wherever we are as Christians, there's supposed to be a move of God because signs and wonders follow them that believe. I want them here, don't you? We've been having some. We've been seeing some. Y'all remember it wasn't long ago. I couldn't do this. This thing was gone. I got news for you. I get my horse ready. I'm fixing to start roping again. Come on. Get some of your money. Number two, verse 19. It says, go ye, therefore. I want us to begin to be goers and doers. I want us to begin to be sensitive to when we're at our job, at school, at the gas station, at the grocery store. To be sensitive for that divine appointment in a field that's white under harvest. Y'all remember last week, simple message. Uh, I believe the sermon was the question that says, if you never told anybody that you were a Christian, would they know it by the way you live? I want you to know, seven, we, we prayed, remember, for God. We had a lot of people raise their hand. We prayed God set up some divine appointments to where we can begin to see you move through us and reach people for Christ. Y'all remember that? I ain't making this up. I got a call at 7 o'clock Friday morning. A man had already been out on the job. And they said, you still go up there to that cowboy church? Sure do. Well, I've been thinking about coming up there. He said, you should have been there last night. And he, he, he quoted them the, the, the question that the sermon was. Lo and behold, conviction came. They dropped their heads. They began to cry. He prayed with them to recommit their life to Christ and to get back right with God. Am I telling the truth? I've heard other testimonies. I want you to know something. The Lord is with us wherever we go. And if we'll just... Be sensitive to that voice. We'll just be sensitive for that pause for just a moment. And let God speak to you. Maybe it's with a smile or just a word of hope or encouragement. But he will use you. Because there's people around us everywhere. Every day that are broken. They're wounded. They're hurting. They're lonely. They're crying. They're confused. They're troubled. They're lost. They're sick. 
The healthy have no need of a physician. But they do. God wants to work through you. You're relevant to the kingdom of God. You're important to the body of Christ. Embrace the call that God has for you. We, can't, we don't all preach. We don't all sing. But we all have a gift. We all have a gift. A gift of benevolence or helps or whatever. There's all kinds of gifts and ways that God wants to use you. And you are a mighty tool in God's hand. Thirdly, verse 20. I am with you always. Whew, wow. If that don't light your fire, your wood's wet. I'm with you always. Robert Burson, when you're out there in that truck, at them grain bins loading up that corn, you ain't there by yourself. He's there with you. Man. Mmm. Bob Chandler, you out there on that tractor cutting that grass? You ain't in that tractor by yourself. He's there. Talk to him. Call on the Lord. Let him show you great and mighty things. Let your needs and requests be made known unto him. He's closer than the breath we breathe. He's right there. And he says, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Meaning I ain't going to let you down. All the way to the end of time. Wow. You're not alone. You're not forsaken. You're not abandoned. Hold on. Cry out. Step out. Step up. And let God confirm his word with signs and wonders through you and your life. Would you bow your heads? I'm going to close. Now I'm going to ask you again. Fighting the battle of your life. Let me see your hand. I want to pray for you. Get it up. Hold it up. Lord, you see these hands right now. I don't even know what they are, Lord, but you know. God, we call on you tonight to show yourself mighty and strong on their behalf. We ask you, Lord, to do what only you can do. We believe in miracles, Lord. And we ask you tonight, if it takes a miracle, do a miracle. Lord, we only ask that you do it in a way where no man can take credit or glory for it. Lord, we ask that you would do it in a way where you've shown up and showed out in a way where they recognize that only God can do this. And that they'll be one willing to shout it from the housetop. They'll be willing to proclaim of the goodness and the power and the might and the gentleness and the caringness of God. We come against the strong man. We take dominion and authority over every imp from hell that's on an assignment to destroy these lives, these homes, these marriages, these businesses. We bind them in the name of Jesus. And we speak liberty and life and freedom that chains be broken. That hurts be healed. That division be restored. Lord, you're all that matters. We pray that that healing balm of Gilead would come 
and heal emotions, heal wounds, heal bodies, heal sickness, heal disease, heal infirmities. Lord, we call on you tonight. Let your power manifest. We'll be sure to say thank you and to give you praise for it. In Jesus' name. You put your hands down. If you're here and you're lost and you'd go to hell if you died tonight, could I see your hand if you want to take care of that? Anybody, you say, Dennis, I need to make things right with God. Anybody, you say, that's me, Dennis. Yes, anybody else, real quickly. Anyone else? Yes, sir, thank you. Anyone else? Maybe you're here and you're that prodigal son or daughter. You once walked close with God. You once communed with him. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? You'd say, Dennis, thank you, ma'am. Thank you, young lady. Anybody else? Thank you, sir. You say, I once walked with him, but I hadn't spent any time with him in a long time. And tonight, I want to ask him to forgive me of that. I want a cleansing and a fresh start with him. Anyone else? You'd say, Dennis, that's me. Could I see your hand? Thank you, ma'am. Anyone else? Thank you, sir. Look up here at me for just a minute, everybody, please. I'm not here to prey upon your sympathy or to prey upon your emotions. The Bible says what man is there to build a house that doesn't first count the cost. I want you to understand the simplicity of salvation. See, Jesus did it all. When he hung on that cross and said it's finished, he did everything except receive the gift of life for you. He stands at the door and he's knocking and you've... You've been bold enough to say that's me by raising your hand, but I want you to fully understand what you're raising your hand for. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We were conceived in sin. We've all blown it. We've all dropped the ball. We were all headed for hell until we encountered the voice of the Holy Spirit knocking at our door. And he said that if we believe that Jesus is God's Son that came with the intent and purpose of destroying the works of the devil. And that includes sin, the law of sin and death. And he wants to give us eternal life. He said if we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth that he not only died, but we believe that he resurrected, he walked out of that grave and that he's alive today. If we believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth, we're saved. So with that knowledge, would you bow your heads and understand my prayers can't save you. You must ask and you must believe. So the Holy Spirit can do that work in your life and in your heart, right where you sit, right now. So let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I'm so thankful that you love me and that you died in my place. I do believe you're God's son. I believe you rose from the dead. And I believe that you're alive today. So I ask you now to forgive me of my sins. To cleanse me with your blood. To come into my life. And save me. Help me Lord to learn your voice. To learn your ways. So that I can bring pleasure and joy to you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Very delicate situation, please. Nobody looking around. If you're looking around, I'm going to ask God to strike you blind. 
you're here in this house tonight and you say, Dennis, my marriage is in trouble and it's about to fall. Could I see your hand? I want to pray for you. Yes, ma'am. Anyone else? Slip it up, slip it right back down. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Real quickly. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. need to swallow your pride both of you husband and wife you need to talk you need to forgive it's not a matter of who's right who's wrong it's a matter of 